When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can't do it. I can't say ho, ho, ho. You can't at all? No, it's, it's hard. It, you can't say... All right, all right, let's try this. All right. Ho, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of Audio Judo. I'm Kyle. I'm Matthew. And this is a very special Christmas episode. Very excited. Well, hold on. It's a holiday episode. Holiday episode, that's true. It's a holiday episode. I don't want to marginalize anybody. It's a holiday yes. episode. Uh, it's true. One I appreciate my... the ho, ho, ho. Thank you for doing it. You're that. welcome. One of my uh, one of my songs is not uh, not a Christmas song. It's really? a holiday song. So Good for you. Yeah. But, uh, Going let's, outside uh, the box. Yeah. Should we start with a little bit of old business, though? Let's start with old business. First of all, welcome uh, all the people who came for the Daniel Victor Never Ending White Lights uh, interview episode. It's been a little while since we've recorded. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple of uh, almost two months. Uh, yes. Month and a half. Yeah, six weeks or so. Uh, so uh, catching up with all those people. We know we got a, a lot of listeners that came in specifically for that episode. And we hope you stick around. Hope you find something that you like. Yes. Uh, if there's anything you want us to talk about, please let us know. Uh, but uh, hopefully you enjoy yourselves. I hope so. Yeah. The other thing we think we should probably talk about, uh, we did get to go see, I know we talked about it in the episode about the Cold Stairs, mm-hmm. uh, their live show here in Vegas. Uh, Matthew and I both were lucky enough to finagle a night off from work and go see them. But that was tricky. It was. We can't both be gone uh, or both keys can't be turned at the same time. Turn it's a real key, issue. Kyle. <laughs> Turn your key. But we both uh, were. Yeah, we both got to see them. Them. Yeah. Uh, at uh, Counts of Amped in Las Vegas. And uh, it was a fantastic show. It was. Uh, it was really great. Like they indicated on the episode, if you uh, want to go back and listen to that episode, if you haven't listened to it, uh, you should. They did indicate they are better live than they are recorded. Yeah. And they are uh, quite a force, uh, just two guys live. They sound great on record. Definitely. But live, it is a slightly different sound, and it's fantastic. And it really is, like we said, there were three or four different reviewers that were like, how can this only be two people? And I was like, yeah. Whatever, quit, Whatever. quit, you know, quit with the ass kissing. But then we got there and they came on stage and I was like, hmm. wow, this really sounds like three people. Yep. It's a, it's a very unique sound and I loved it. Yeah, it was a good show. Very good show. So uh, go back and listen to the episode, then listen to Waze. Yes. And, uh, let us know what you think. Let them know what you think as well. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. Yeah, they have a lot of uh, exciting things coming out, uh, coming up next year. Uh, some great tour opportunities with uh, Joe Bonamassa and yeah. some other things. So very exciting times for them. Well, we've got our eggnog and you know what that means. Holiday. <laughs> meet, well, drunk uncle might touch us a little bit. That, that's the first thing that it means. The second thing that it means is that uh, we're talking holiday episode. We're talking holiday songs. That's true. 
Um, and there's such a, a, a wide range. Let's give, let's give a little background. Yeah. As, as we are wont to do Some on history this, on this show. So uh, Christmas music specifically thought to have its origins originally in uh, fourth century Rome uh, with some Latin hymns, naturally Latin language hymns, not Latin influenced hymns. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, it remained that way all the way to approximately the 13th century or so with uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And, and the Franciscans. Yeah, I point out that he is quite a proficient man. Historically yeah. speaking, if you look back at St. Francis of Assisi, he's responsible for quite a number of things. So He's one of those weird people that just, he was around for a long time. He did a lot, and a lot of it was very significant and like pushed culture forward. Yeah. So he started to popularize uh, native language carols, hymns back in the 13th century. I, I learned a new word when I was doing some research for this. What is that? I believe it's pronounced macaronic. Oh, but it means that it is when they began to change the hymns. So they were Latin, but then they would explain what the Latin meant right afterwards in the hymn itself. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Macaroni? Macaroni. Macaronic? Macaronic. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't see that. That's good. First appearance of an English language carol dates to approximately circa 1426. Uh, when uh, certain songs, carols, as they were called, were sung by wassailers, which uh, and they typically went door to door, as we commonly used to see. Not so much now, yeah. but back when I was a child, caroling door to door was fairly common. In the 16th century, songs that we know, like God Rest You Merry Gentlemen and Oh Christmas Tree, uh, at least have their frameworks and origins uh, built. So not necessarily as we know them now, but they start to begin to take shape a little yeah. bit. There was then. also kind of a weird split in the 16th century where a lot of the Protestant religion basically started to, not necessarily Protestant religion, but the Protestants began to say that they were more interested in Easter. Easter was the holiday you should be celebrating because Christmas was basically idolizing Mary mm-hmm. and her accomplishments Instead of it's a very Catholic thing, exactly. Yes. Uh, and it, it was so prominent, in fact, that to this day, um, in Scotland, apparently, I didn't know this either. New Year's is more venerated than Christmas is, so New Year's is a bigger deal in Scotland than Christmas is, which seems weird to me, but um, that's weird scotch. But it also was a weird time where they began to kind of blend like uh, the song The Holly and the Ivy, mm-hmm. uh, blended pagan naturism and uh, Christian ideas. Weird. Yeah. Who would have who would have done anything like that? That's strange. <laughs> Sorry. Someone's got my throat. <laughs> As an aside, I want to make sure we give uh equal representation here. So I did Ooh. some Hanukkah origin research. Hmm. Um, and there's very little other than Adam Sandler, Weird Al, a couple of other songs by a group called, and I love this, the Maccabees. Ooh. There were some great songs by them. Other than that, there just isn't much out there. I did find that the actual Festival of Lights or Lighting of the Menorah uh, has three blessings that are sung. And then there's a fourth called the, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but the Mauazur, which means, uh, I wish I wish I could find a pronunciation chart for it, but I couldn't, um, which is sung on Hanukkah itself. So it's the culmination of the entire journey to that. And that dates back to the 13th century. And the translation, more recent, uh, in English is uh, Rock of Ages. That's what that that Hebrew means, oh. Rock of Ages. So 
And then I did some further research. Uh, I could find no specific reference to music uh, used specifically for Kwanzaa. Hmm. So if anyone knows anything out there, uh, let us know because it's a good education to have. I did learn a song in sixth grade in a choir class. Is it a Kwanzaa song? It is. It's called A Kwanzaa Celebration. Really? But uh, I really don't remember any of it. That's too bad. I believe the chorus was something like, it's a Kwanzaa celebration, see our talents far and wide. Mm. It's a Kwanzaa celebration, feel a sense of hope and pride. That's it. That's all I remember. It sounds like you remember quite a bit. Two lines. Oh. There were more? (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole song. It was two lines. So back to Christmas carols. Yes. So the Victorian era saw a significant surge uh, in carols uh, with like a new admiration for the holiday after the Puritans had shut it down for a significant period of time because it was so sinful. Christmas and all. Silent Night, O Little Town of Bethlehem, Mm -hmm. O Holy Night, all make their appearance in the 1800s, as well as the first references to St. Nicholas. It's also the period where we got some weird, uh, uh, the first sort of veneration of the Christmas past type of thing, Mm -hmm. where people saying, oh, historically Christmas was so much better than it is now. Like uh, the first Noel uh, was written in 1823 by William William Sandys. It blends a whole bunch of old lyrics with, uh, what did they call it? Gallery tunes, which was the type of music that was played in churches at the time. Mm. But he literally wrote it and he was just like, I want to make this sound old timey. So <laughs> he just, he wrote a song that was like, here's some old words that people don't use anymore. And I used a harpsichord to record it. Right. Also, Jingle Bells, 1857, Mm. uh, written as a Thanksgiving song. Really? Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense, but okay. Yeah. Hmm. It was was to be performed at like a Thanksgiving pageant for children. Why did I not come across that in my research? That's unfortunate. I would have liked to read that. I will read it. It was very interesting. So right up- I'll put the link in the show notes. Please do. And then you can find it. Then I'll find it. So right up until the Great Depression- um, most of the popular songs were uh, derivative of the carols that had been sung for centuries, and most revolved around either Christ in some way, or the star, or wise men, or what have you. But it was, you know, still was the reason for the season was still Christ. So during the Depression era, a lot of American songs more associated with Western things and customs about Christmas, such as Santa mm-hmm. and Rudolph, started to rise and remove the Christian references. And then, of course, popular music took over and made a gajillion dollars off of it. Crass commercialism. Of course. It's what Americans do best. I mean, perfect examples. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas was mm. kind of one of the first that really pushed the commercialism side and not the religious side. White Christmas came out about the same time, mm-hmm. Irving Berlin. Still to this day, it came out in 1942, the Bing Crosby version of the song, is still the number one best-selling single of all time. Of all time. More than 50 million copies as of late 2018. All-time musically or all-time Christmassy? I believe all-time musically. Because I know uh, I know the uh, Candle in the Wind. Yes, is, it was, was it's really number two. Okay. It's like 49 million. Whoa. So very close. And that doesn't get re-released every year like White Christmas right? does. So. That's a lot of copies. It is. But that's also my mom's, uh, that was my mom's favorite uh, Christmas movie. Uh, Bing White Christmas. Yeah. Fantastic movie. It really is. You so, know, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, you go no, ahead. No, go, please Because I'm, uh, I'm going to transition into the next section, so feel free to go ahead. So transition. Oh, all right. I was going to say, so uh, obviously, 
Matthew and I can cover the history, the research. That's not a big deal for no, us. No, it's fine. But uh, the actual holiday music is a big field. There's a lot here. And I suggested uh, maybe we should hire somebody, an expert. That's a good idea. To come in, uh, you know, uh, an impartial third party. Right. To come in and give us some uh, some Someone advice. that has a background in Christmas. And yes. Specializes, one would say. Exactly. In Christmas. Matthew put up $10,000 to pay this expert uh, of his wife's money, in fact. Right. Uh, and then Matthew hired his, his wife. To, <laughs> she, so she paid herself uh, to come in and be the, uh, the expert on holiday music. So uh, certainly, uh, certainly our loveliest guest. So far, yes. Yes, and uh, probably, probably our most intelligent guest as well. I would agree with that as yeah. well. And we're happy to end our first female guest. Also true. Which is very exciting. So we're we're happy to have Heather join Welcome. us today. Hello. Oh, there she is. <laughs> and we're going to talk about what our favorite five Christmas songs are individually. I figure we'll do a little round robin. We'll just yeah, go sounds one, good. two, three, and go back and go around. And uh, in no particular order, we don't True. have to go like, this is my definite favorite, as opposed to my not as favorite. Good, because I could not pick a definite favorite. It was so, very difficult. <laughs> So I believe the favorites, uh, specifically for me and probably for a lot of people, are rooted in family, childhood, uh, memories, um, where it takes you, where that song transports you to, as opposed to just the musicality of it, especially for Christmas or holiday music. It's very memory oriented. Um, yes. Because of how you grew up. Uh, I'll go first. Go for it. So the first one. Uh, is most likely unknown to most of you. Um, I think, obviously, Heather will know it. Some people will know it, unless you are a product of the 70s or early 80s or have a distinct love of nostalgia. You probably don't know this song. So it is called uh, Noel, Christmas Eve, 1913. And it's based on a poem by Robert Bridges, and it was recorded in 1979 by John Denver and the Muppets for A Christmas Together. It's a very strong song for me specifically. So the story goes pretty much every Christmas from the time I was seven to the time I moved out of the house, my mom and I would begin the Christmas season by playing this record and putting up the Christmas tree. And that's just how we did. And I would probably listen to this record 10, 15 times a year just because I loved it. Um, so uh, we would we would play it and that's how every Christmas season began. And now, many years later, um, when Heather starts putting up the Christmas trees in our house, this is the first thing that, that gets played, this record, front <laughs> to back. And uh, I usually have a good cry about it uh, and move forward. It's very cathartic, very important song to me. It's the only song on the record that no Muppets sang with John Denver. So it's a completely <laughs> solo song. So uh, that's number one for me. Go ahead, Kyle. It's my number one. My first one was uh, Happy Christmas, War is Over ah. by John Lennon and Yoko Ono and uh, the Plastic Ono Band with the Harlem Community Choir. That's on my not-so-good list. Oh, no. <laughs> well, That's all right. It's okay. That's, that's good, though. That means that there's a difference of opinions. I like that. Because then we can actually discuss it instead of just being like, yeah, it's great. Whatever. Let's go on. Instead uh, of just going, Kyle's an idiot. 
That's what we I get. Call it, it the naughty list, maybe. Ooh, that's a good idea. Oh, I like that. Yeah. The naughty list. I like that. So what? What? Uh... Uh, it, I think that part of it was just that it was such a. I can always tell people that have never worked a retail job because they're always like, "I love Christmas music so much. It's so wonderful when they start playing it on the radio." If you've ever worked retail or worked in a restaurant, starting about October twentieth, they start playing Christmas music, and by about the fiftieth time you've heard a song, you want to not do something nice to yourself. Uh, <laughs> you want to blow your brains out. Uh, but anyways, Merry <laughs> Christmas, everybody. <laughs> this song didn't get a lot of heavy play, at least when I was working in retail. Uh, but it was something that was very, it was a very different Christmas song to me. It was very, um, well, it's a protest song. Exactly. It's a protest song. And that was one of the things that I really liked about it is that it was very, not what you typically heard. Definitely not. And it was, that's why it was the first one that popped into my head was because I was like, okay, it's a song that's about Christmas. It's definitely considered a Christmas song. Unlike something like, well, whatever. Anyways, it's definitely a Christmas song and it definitely is not typical. And that's what I really liked about it. It's it's definitely Lenin-y. Yes, it's definitely Lenin. Yes. Something else I learned when I was doing some research for this. At the beginning, you know how there's the, everybody thinks that they say, Happy Christmas, uh, Yoko, and Happy Christmas, John. Mm-hmm. That's not what they say. What do they say? It's Happy Christmas, Kayoko, Happy Christmas, Julian. Oh, so he's They're talking. two children to, yeah. from previous marriages. Mm-hmm. I had no idea because you have to listen to it really, really carefully to pick that out. Really loud? Yes. And just you got to crank, turn it you crank up, up your Christmas music. Yeah. Just like. Goes to 11. I, I actually like that song by John Lennon. Yes. There is that as well. Caveat. It's been covered by a lot of people. There is we'll, a I'm sure we'll get back to that. I think we will. Heather, go on. Go for it. All right. So I have an interesting variety, but I will start with what Kyle has already uh, covered as the most popular song ever of Christmas song is White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Oh, yeah. Because um, Burl Ives, Bing Bing Crosby, those uh, Frank Sinatra, the traditionalists of of Christmas music from from our childhood and our parents' childhood is really where my heart is, and it really kicks off the season for me. It's a good, uh, it's an excellent choice. Yeah. The crooners, the crooners, right? The Sinatras, the Comos, the uh, yeah, the Tormes, yeah. the Mel Tormes, all of the Mel Tormes, <laughs> the several different Mel Tormes. That's cool, though. I love uh, I love White Christmas. It's a great song. In all its varieties, or just the is Bing Crosby the mm. one? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, there are good versions, mm-hmm. but truly, the Bing Crosby one has never been surpassed. It's it's the quintessential Christmas carol. It is. It is. I love that song. Well, that's a good start. We're off to a good start. Indeed. Uh, number two uh, for me was released and written in 1965 for a TV special called A Charlie Brown Christmas. Ooh. Written by Lee Mendelson and Vince Guaraldi. I don't think there is a song that better does a better job capturing the feeling of the season and Christmas time is here. Instantly recognizable. Trans- you, you, could picture, you could picture exactly what's happening in the cartoon. 
as soon as that song starts. You just know. Well, and you just got to start dancing like one of the well, little you characters. You You're know? supposed like, to. have to. Yeah, I'll have to pick a different one. Doing it. Yeah. There are two versions of that song. Hmm. He recorded a nearly seven-minute-long instrumental version, and then there's the more popular uh, known vocal version that was record, uh, recorded with uh, a choir from San Rafael just outside San Francisco where Guaraldi recorded all of his stuff. Um, it's been covered by everybody from Mel Torme to Steve Vai, Ooh. which is a weird version of it, but really <laughs> interesting, to Leanne Rhymes to a country version. Everybody's done it, but it's uh, it's that perfect song that, that takes you to a, a very specific moment. I just love that song. It's unconventional, but but still good. That song is also on my list. Ooh, Ooh. on the nice list. It's a du- it's a double up. <laughs> it's a, we, I kind of love it when that happens though, since we don't talk about. I don't know if you two talked about this list. No, no. But when we don't talk about it beforehand, and then we pick the same thing, it's fantastic because it's like, oh, yeah, we we either did something very right or horribly wrong. Horribly, horribly it's wrong. Usually right. And I think Europe, uh, Europe, Kyle. Oh. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were going to say something about Europe, Europe the band. Yeah. No, no, no. You are up. Okay. I am up. Yes, you. The next one on my list is uh, Little Drummer Boy slash Peace on Earth by David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Mm. It is such a great, it's a weird coming together of two generations of music because you've got Bing Crosby, the old crooner. And at this point, this was, I think, one of the very last things that he recorded before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And you've got David Bowie kind of representing you know that whole he was just coming out of his glam rock phase he was coked the bejesus when he recorded absolutely but it was such a good like and it's it sounds fantastic and they wrote that they literally were like we're gonna have you do a duet with Bing crosby of a little drummer boy and david bowie's like yeah i don't like that song you you gotta give me something else to do so they wrote the peace on earth portion of the song in like a day. Mm-hmm. They were just like, all right, hey, here's this. And then they rehearsed for like an hour and filmed it. And it's this completely amazing classic piece of TV and then music that just kind of came together for a Bing Crosby Christmas special. Well, basically, because Bing Crosby is looking at David Bowie like, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> Throughout the whole thing. Like, <laughs> oh boy. I just, I love the premise too, that you're supposed to believe in the TV, in the Christmas special that... Bing Crosby is somebody's American cousin visiting England, and David Bowie is this guy's neighbor, and he comes over to use the piano. Doesn't this all make sense to you? It makes perfect sense to me. Let's have some social commentary and then sing a song. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Here comes I do Vincent Price. Right, I do that to my neighbors all the time. They just show up and can I borrow your piano for about four hours? I hope. I really hope you do that. He's on. You know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I dress fully as David Bowie when I do it too. It's with really the, weird. the whole glam rock thing with yeah. like the sequins and Ziggy, the satin, Stardust, Ziggy Stardust, Stardust makeup and, and the thing. I like Ziggy that. Played. My neighbors are just like, shut the f- up. Bowie to Bowie. <laughs> My coming in clear, man. But uh, yeah, it really is. I think that uh, I really was trying to think where the first time I heard this was. And I could not remember, but it has been in, it's one of the very few Christmas songs that I actually enjoy listening to. And it, the first time I hear it every year, I'm always like, oh, like one tear squeaks down my cheek and I'm like, no, stop, suck it back in. You have tears in there? Yeah. I thought you were, I thought your soul was black (laughs) as coal. It is, but uh, 
David Bowie and Ben Crosby get squeeze one out every year. God damn it. Squeeze it back in. Shut the tear ducts down. Put it back in. Toxic masculinity. I go on, Heather. Please (laughs) just give him a minute. You're going to have to give him a minute. I got to go clean out my tear ducts. All right. So I agree with that one. I just heard it on the radio the other day, and it it is such a weird smash up. yeah it's not even a mash it's like this weird like merging of of two feels like it was recorded things. on two it's different so continents yes and someone just yes went, hmm. <laughs> that sounds good but it is interesting and right? i like it um all right so now i'm gonna probably pick one that you guys don't have on your list Ooh. but matthew knows that this is a song that has a, a a, a place in my heart too and uh it's from our our good friend dolly parton Ooh. and um it is hard candy christmas oh yeah told you so and you did say that was going to be on here yeah this this one it you know it, it is very rare that you ever hear it just out in the universe like you have to actually intentionally seek this out and uh i have the christmas album and I have to put it in and and just belt to the highest octaves <laughs> that I can reach and try to match up with Dolly on on all of these verses. And it's it it just takes me back to my childhood and good times with my sister and well, us, those are rare. I know they they are, <laughs> but um, good times in the basement of our house on mound and us just roller skating around and just belting out this song and just making up verses along the way. We, we would just come up with all of the different things that maybe we should do because it's maybe I'll get a job. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, all these different maybes. And we would just come up with every maybe, maybe I'll whatever we could think of. So I did not know that story. That's cute. Yeah. I like that. I, I knew nothing about that. In fact, I hadn't heard this song until maybe like three years ago. And she's putting up a Christmas tree and she's like, I really want to hear Hard Candy Christmas. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Yeah, I just there wasn't there wasn't a lot of Dolly in our house. Just didn't wasn't where we went. So I'm, uh, I'm very familiar with Dolly Parton's canon, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that had nothing to do with my family. That had uh, that came later in life. <laughs> really, Dolly Parton? Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, but it's a good choice. Now that I've heard it for the past several years, it's a uh, it's good. It's actually a very sorrow, sorrow, sorrowful. That's song. okay. We can't say it Sor- either. Yeah. Sorrowful, sorrowful, <laughs> sorrowful, filled song. with sorrow. Because it's like, <laughs> like I everything sucks, and I just want to do things that are going to make it better, and so I'm going to try all these different things. That's um, basically what the song is about. Well, that's positive. Yeah, yeah. well, ends positively <laughs> anyway. It's right. not like, a, what, and what better time to do it than the Christmas yeah. season? So many of Dolly Parton's songs are end sad. So that's good. Hmm. It's good that it's a positive ending. Germany. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God, now I'm sad. Don't be sad. Let's get, keep this going. Oh, keep Let's going. Go, number go three. Positive Christmas. Number three. Uh, number three for me is God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Uh, as mentioned, 
uh, dates back from the 16th century. Earliest known printed version is from about 1760. Uh, it's referenced in Charles Dickens' The Christmas Carol. It's Dickens with two Ks, the well-known Dutch author, uh, from 1843. It's also known as Tidings of Comfort and Joy, the alternate title. Um, there are five stanzas or couplets, which I did not know. Ooh. I was only familiar with two or three. Um, so that's cool. So uh, like... It- what? Go ahead. Oh no, no, no please. Is there a favorite version? So like, yes, I'm getting there. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way down. I should have sh- kept my mouth shut. Why please didn't you shut up? Okay, I can't. Uh, like so many of uh, the Christmas songs, have been count. It's been covered by countless artists. My personal favorite is uh, the version by Bare Naked Ladies and Sarah McLaughlin um, from the Bare Naked Ladies holiday album, Bare Naked for the Holidays. That record was released in 2004, right? We should all be. (laughs) But this song had been recorded in 1996 for an earlier compilation. So, but I just love how it's not as serious of a version as all the other ones. It's a reminder that this is a fun holiday, whatever side of the holiday spectrum you happen to be on. uh, It's a joyful time. If it's if you're a Christian person, well. Your savior was just born. You should be celebrating. Right. And if you're not, you get gifts. So either way, you should be celebrating. So the fact that it's a joyous version of the song, almost a silly version of the song until Sarah's part, which is typically like, oh my God, they're going to kill those pets, aren't they? <laughs> In the arms of the angels. Right. And everybody's and sad. That, that Shih Tzu turns around with <laughs> one eye and you're like, no, what happened to his eye? It's so, so that part would be sad, but but the rest of the song is happy. So so that's uh, that's number three for me. That's nice. Thank you. So uh, the remaining three on my uh, my list here. Yeah. Very non traditional, and I'm not gonna lie. I picked these specifically because I want people making Christmas playlists to come to listen to new things. That's uh, that's what this podcast is about. It's listening to finding new good music, and these three. I will go so far as to say that I don't think anybody has ever heard of these. Some people have, obviously, because they exist. But I'm going to guess probably nobody here at the table has heard of these. Mm. The first one is smell uh, a challenge. Is uh, the Elvis classic? Sorry, excuse me. The Elvis classic, <laughs> Brown Christmas. Uh, are you guys familiar with Elvis? No. no. It's a, that is E L V E Z Elvis. The, he's commonly referred to as the Mexican Elvis, uh, or sometimes the Thin Brown Duke. Ooh, he well, does. It, a, he does. Does he do a David Bowie? He does. He, what's strange is he doesn't do impersonations, but he does dress up as Elvis and sing songs in the style of Elvis that are all very uh, like Southern California and uh, Latinx inspired. Hey, well, Thin Brown Duke is a reference to David Bowie's yes, Thin White Duke. He also. Dresses up as Bowie, okay, a Mexican version of Bowie, oh boy, and sings songs inspired by that, as well as uh, five or six other artists. Fascinating guy. His real name is uh, Robert Lopez. Uh, he was in a punk. He was a punk rocker in the seventies and early eighties. So, have you ever heard of the band The Zeros from mm. the L.A. punk scene? Yes, he was in The Zeros. Uh, and the other one, the other band that he's known for is uh, Catholic Discipline, another punk band. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the song Brown Christmas is uh, it's like a Mexican version 
of White Christmas. Mm. It's great. It is. It's very. It's funny, and it's also a very, very good song. Uh, it's from uh, oh, which album is it on? Uh, Mary Maximus is the name of the album from of 1994. <laughs> There's an awesome version of kind of a punk cover of Feliz Navidad on that album that's also good that I almost picked. But Brown Christmas is a better song, I think, in my opinion. Uh, just because it's very, it's very heartfelt and it's very, um, it's very good. You got to go listen to it. It's very unique and very different. Well, now I have to go listen to it. Yeah, you do. All right. Go ahead, Heath. All right. Um, let's see. I will circle back to my what I have listed in a second, but I'm going to go on to the. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Michael Bublé's version Bublé. of the song. Um, and this song really, it, it's kind of like that kickoff to the season. So it's, it's like that first football game. It's all, you know, it's all of that wound up together and gets me really excited to get all of the many bins out to start decorating the 12 Christmas trees. Um, and in this version is, is the, the best one out there. It's the. All right, put the Halloween shit away and let's get the Christmas stuff out. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good. Have you ever considered doing a 12 Days of Christmas themed 12 different trees? The first, because it would be easy. The first Mm. one is literally just an empty Christmas tree with a partridge in it. (laughs) One partridge. That's that's easy to decorate. There's a partridge in that pear tree. It could be a fake partridge. It doesn't have to be a real one. I have so much OCD though. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I would stare at that tree for ever figuring <laughs> trying to figure out how to make it look right and it, won't, the it just wouldn't look right go. not there so. not there do you have there. to buy a pear tree then oh that's a good question you could you know you could do is you could put pears on the tree as well mm. then it becomes a pear tree or i could you do that two then. T- or two trees right next to each other that look identical and just call it a partridge in a paired tree <laughs> Yes, I like it. <laughs> no, you didn't listen to me. <laughs> I know. You were looking. At me. I was. Jeez, I was seven. listening. To, I was uh, responding to Randy by by going. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, <laughs> yes. He does have a show. By Elvis T. does have a show by Ti <laughs> on the strip. No, I don't think so. But so so you're a fan of the Buble, is what you're saying? I am. Marco yeah. Buble. Yeah. Marco Buble. He's he's good. He's he is a he's a modern day crooner. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's a. Filled that role very nicely, and I, well, I while personally, I don't think there's anything very unique about his voice. It de- it definitely fills the season very well. Well, like it, it has that Harry Connick Jr. big band feel yeah. always, and so it's it's the like only- those old crooners, but almost a step up um, in the the vast exciting broadness of the song itself. I think it builds a little more that's instead tr- that's of true. just relying on background singers. And he and, does have yeah. a good band. He does. Mm-hmm. It fills the space nicely. The only yeah. difference between those two is Harry Connick Jr. Is like a fantastic musician to boot and not just a great singer. That's, that's why that's true. That's true. But the band is great. I go to see Buble. I'd have no problem with that. I think it'd be a good show. Good. That's your Christmas present from uh, Heather. She bought you tickets to see Buble in January. Oh, shit. I asked for tickets for the who, not Buble. <laughs> All right. Number four was written in 1847. No, I'm not going to make that joke. Please continue. But go ahead. 
You're making a Ryan joke? You talk about how old I am? Yeah. Yeah, I figured. No. <laughs> it was written in 1847 by Adolf Adem to the poem called Midnight Christians. It is the carol we know better as O Holy Night. And this is very much for me, specifically about being a kid in church at midnight mass on Christmas Eve and getting the chills. There's something about this song, sung well, assist, uh, assisted by the acoustics of a cavernous church that took your breath away. I distinctly, very distinctly remember uh, the feeling of being at mass and being super antsy like a typical 10-year-old kid and wanting to go to bed because the earlier I go to bed, the earlier I can get up and Christmas starts and just stopping when the cantor, the, the singer in the church, uh, got to the fall on your knees part of that and just being stunned and stopping. Pavarotti has done a version of this. Andrea Bocelli has done it. Uh, my favorite version of this is from 1960, and it is Nat King Cole's version. And if I could only listen to this particular version in a church... It would be something else. But I would say if I was listening in church, I'd probably take Bocelli's version just because it's huge. Um, but there's something very smooth about Nat King Cole's voice in that song. That uh, it's, a, it's a good reminder. Uh, I'm not nearly religious anymore, but that's always a reminder of, of the season and that those times that I had... Uh, with my family, it just uh, it's my it's one of my favorites. That's cool. That's yeah. cool that it's got such good memories and they're so strong. Very strong. Go on, you're up. Next uh, one's a pretty new one. This song is from uh, 2009. It is called "Mary Something to You" by Devo. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the one I was talking about. This is very um, not. Uh, it is not a, a holiday affiliated in. It's it's a holiday song that's not holiday affiliated at all, because it's it's they're literally singing "Merry Something to You." So if you celebrate Hanukkah, it's Merry Hanukkah. If you celebrate Christmas, it's Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Kwanzaa, it's Merry Kwanzaa. Mm. It's uh, how it's, politically correct of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that though. It's a it's a fun song too. It's very short. It sounds you can tell that it's Devo. It's very electronic, <laughs> choppy. It's very choppy. Uh, I think it's not even a minute twenty, but it's oh, wow. a, it's a great it's a great Quick little one. like speedy Christmas song. Uh, and I had never heard it until uh, maybe a year ago, and I remember hearing it and thinking like, you know who this reminds me of is Devo. <laughs> Wonder what happened to those guys? Oh, and then Devo. all of a sudden it was like, oh, it's Devo. Well, all right then. But uh, it's a, it's a fun little song. Now uh, I have to listen to that one yeah. too. It's uh, it was. Weirdly enough, released on YouTube, so it's free for everybody to go listen to if you want to, if you don't have any music services. Mm, free for you. Free for you and free for me. Excellent. I like go, it. Go ahead, Heather. What's, uh, what's next right. on your list? So this is my last one because Matthew and I had the matchy-matchy. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, so this one I would actually rank as my all-time favorite of all. Oh, boy. And that is The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Oh, yeah. So... To piggyback off of Matthew's last uh, Nat King Cole, just the the richness and the the delivery and um, it, the the story is 
the story within the song is you can just picture and almost feel every everything, every sensation that he's talking about in the song or anybody who sings the song. That's Chestnut's roasting on an open fire, right? It is. Okay. It is. I like that song. I don't know why I left that off. That's a good song. I don't think I've heard that version by Nat King Cole. Really? So I'm oh, gonna to, I'm going to look that up. You absolutely. Do you have a serious have XM? In many, many years do, of yes. your lives. You can just go to channel. Uh, well, 65 was Holiday, Holiday or Holly, and now it's Enlighten. Oh. So it's the other one. Holiday it's Traditions? Like Holiday Traditions, which I think hmm. is what, like 73? 73. Yeah, that is a, a great place to shout out to Sirius XM. They have about nine <laughs> holiday yeah. channels. If you put that one on, you'll probably hear Nat King Cole's version of the Christmas song by the time you get home tonight. Aha. Uh-huh. That's true. That and and the the donkey one. What the hell's the name of that song? Nestor? Is it Nestor the Nestor don- was the donkey who seldom left or played? Because no one ever used him in the manger where he stayed. <laughs> That's the one. That's the song. That's yeah. uh, I remember that song from being a kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not that one. The no, not that. Oh God. Yeah. That. Oh, that should be on my my naughty list. Yeah. I hate that song. <laughs> you do hate it. I'm surprised it isn't there because I, I, that's I, why I brought it up because I knew my. It's, it's just because I don't ever listen to more than the first probably 10 seconds of it because I just like, can't whoop. stand it. So, I, Change you know, channel. just like quickly <laughs> dump it out of my brain. And next channel. That's smart. All right. Number five. Number five. Uh, it was written in 1982. Is a non-traditional song by George Winston called Thanksgiving uh, on his... Uh, piano solo record December one of the all-time best-selling holiday records um, it's a beautiful piece of music and this again has a lot of memory attached to it um, Heather and I had just got married uh, moved to Denver been there for maybe a month or two months or so uh, we were living in an apartment just outside of Denver and it was uh, snowing out and I said I'm gonna go for a walk and it was nighttime as our apartment was on a golf course um, so I went, went for a walk, had Walkman <laughs> with a cassette tape in it and started, just started walking on the golf course and the, the blue evening light with snow falling. I remember listening to this song. It's such a, just a, just an indelible memory of wondering where's our life going to go? You know, this is, this be our first married Christmas together. All these all these future plans and things to see in front of you. And just remember just walking for the, that 37 minutes. That's how long that record is. And this was the, this is the first song on there and just being very, it just kind of, uh, opened, just opened my eyes a little bit. So that's a, that would be my favorite. I listen to it every year. I usually listen to it in September, (laughs) just getting ready for the, for the season, just as a reminder, and it's a, uh, it's one of my favorites. So, would that Matthew have uh, predicted that sometime in the future, you would be a very famous podcaster with literally tens of listeners? I, <laughs> I thought about that every day. <laughs> it's like where, where will I talk all the time? <laughs> yeah, like I could do it on a headset. Yeah, yeah, that's been done. If only there was some type of a medium to distribute this worldwide. I really want to get together in my garage and drink beers with people I know and talk about <laughs> music and, and shit. And nog. nog. 
The nog's very important. So what's your fifth? I, I'm sure it's equally obscure. It is a pretty obscure song, but it does have a good, pretty, pretty good uh, history for me. So my grandpa used to listen to a lot of organ music. Music from Oregon? Music, music played on the organ. <laughs> oh, the electronic organ. organ music. Okay. Which apparently was very popular in the 50s and 60s. Uh, but uh, I remember when I was very young, uh, he had an album by a guy named, uh, I always screw up his middle name for some reason, but it's uh, uh, Juan Garcia Esquivel. Mm. Very famous musician. Yeah. Uh, opened for a lot of the uh, the Rat Pack here in Vegas in the 60s and 70s. Uh, he did the kind of big band orchestra music for a while. He did a lot of uh, organ music. He did a lot of like uh, instrumental type of music. But uh, there was an album that came out in 1959 called Strings of Flame mm. uh, that has a song on it that is the pick, the, the song that I picked. I don't know if you can strictly call this a holiday song. Uh, the song is called Sun Valley Ski Run. If you listen to it, it sounds a lot like a traditional holiday song. It's all instrumental. There's no lyrics. Uh, and if you listen to it, you will immediately think, oh, yeah, this is definitely a, a Christmas song or a holiday song. But it's not... Um, I don't know where it would fit within like the canon of holiday songs because it's not, I mean, it's Doesn't about matter. Yeah. But it, it definitely sounds like a holiday song to me. And I remember, I, I remember hearing it when I was little, a couple of times with my grandpa, didn't hear it for years. Uh, and then uh, several years ago, I don't remember who I was, what it was some project I was working on at another job that I had. And we needed some, uh, it's called 60s uh, Space Age Bachelor Pad Music mm. is what it's referred to as. And the minute I say that, everybody probably gets a weird kind of a thing in their head. <laughs> Shag carpet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the weird. Sunken It's a mad pad, maybe. Egg-shaped <laughs> chair, you know. Lava lamp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I kind of refound uh, Esquivel. curtain. When I was doing that, when I was researching that to find some some music to put behind this video that I was working on, and uh, he actually came out with a Christmas album. It was the last album he recorded. It was 1995, 96, 1996, which was a whole bunch of kind of lounge music covers of Christmas songs. But Sun Valley Ski Run was on there as well. The original recording was remastered for that album. Hmm. Uh, and I kind of refound it and reconnected with it, but it's been, it's another one of the ones that kind of comes up every year. And I usually, if I ever have to make a Christmas like playlist, I'll throw it in there. And it always, always at like parties and things, people have been like, what the hell was that song? Because I've never heard it before. It sounds like a very Christmassy traditional like song, but then everybody hears it and they're like, why isn't that something that I've heard before? It's it's very it's a strange fit, but it's a very uh, good holiday song. I think I have to listen to that one too. Damn you! Sorry, homework. I know. I don't think you're going to hear that on holiday traditions. I don't think yeah, so I don't either. Think so that's that's it is that's a, the one I listen to. I did just look today. It is uh, it is on iTunes, Spotify. So we is will on, post a link. It's for on Spotify. All these, obviously. Yeah. Then I can listen to it uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So that's our top. Uh, that's all of our top five. And we have a bottom three. Indeed. The naughty well. list. The naughty list. And we don't have to talk about these as extensively. Um, Good, because I don't want to. My number one is uh, All I Want for Christmas is You by <gasps> Mariah Carey. Well, that, you know. Good news. My number one is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. 
And you? mine is not. No, oh. no, I actually don't mind that song, but yeah. I, d- I don't seek it out, but oh. I don't, I don't mind <laughs> what it. What is that? No, honestly, it, no, that is not the same. Okay. So honestly, the songs that just grind my gears are the songs that people like make, make weird sounds with their voices and they try to like imitate being a child or, or, um, (laughs) you know, they act silly or they try to act sexy or whatever it is. So those are the songs that just, I I can't stand. They don't have a place in Christmas music. Um, so Santa baby by Eartha kit, honestly, all, I think, Every single version of Santa Baby. I have number just, two, Santa Baby by Madonna. It's just miserable. I can't Awful. stand any of them. Um, but the one by Eartha Kitt, it just it makes my skin crawl. Mm, it's just skin crawl. Yeah. It's a very weird, I don't know, I don't like it. I don't I, like I, it. I actually don't mind <laughs> the lyrics. It's kind of fun and, you know. Uh, I don't like it. But it's just like the it. way people sing it is the the problem. I don't care it? for They're it. Like, so then uh, we've already gone to my number two, Santa Baby by yeah. Madonna, which is uh, awful. <laughs> What's your number it, two? Sorry, you said Madonna, and now I'm thinking of her bush <laughs> from that book. <laughs> And I just, it's the Merry least, Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everyone. Here's Madonna's bush. Just can't, that book messed me up real bad. I saw it when I was like 14 and it's probably the reason I'm gay, but let's go on. Uh, that's a good reason. Yeah, that's a pretty good reason. What the hell is that? <laughs> uh, baby, it's cold outside is my, uh, my, huh. my least. So you don't like the rape song? No. You know, uh, in fact, I don't, I, I didn't really care for it before the whole modern controversy sure. of it coming up. And I do think that it's definitely a, it's a song of its time. I mean, it, it, it's one of those stupid things where if you actually, you know, people have gone back and been like, no, the reason why it plays out this way is because. This meant this. Exactly. This meant at, the, this. at the time, you know, they couldn't do this because then the neighbors would talk and this was no, this. No, it was a rapey was, song. It was, but I agree. I think that it was just a rapey song. Uh, I there slipped is, something in your drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's a roof for you in your drink. But baby, it's a what? <laughs> uh, there is, uh, if you do have to see, uh, listen to this song, though, the Red Skelton and uh, Betty Garrett, I think is her name. Oh, you were talking about uh, this Betty earlier. Garrett version of it. Because it was one of the first ones that flipped the roles around. So she's really trying to get Red Skelton to stay at her house. Oh, and she's doing the right sleep part. with her basically. And it's uh it's it's watch the video. It's it's very funny. It's from one of his TV shows. Uh but uh if you have to hear a version of it, that one's pretty good. What you got there? Yeah, no, I was listening earlier to mm-hmm. the holiday music, of course. And uh the version with John Legend and Kelly Clarkson, the it's kind of a modified version and mm-hmm. and it's like way less rapey than the other version. I actually kind of like it. I I like the adjustments that they made to it because I've always loved the play off of each other Mm -hmm. during the song and the, you know, the, the comments back and forth. The banter is really good, but, um, but yeah, too rapey. So this version is, is is definitely have to check it out. I haven't heard um, milder. And then uh, number three for me, which I love the song. Oh no, I thought you said, Oh, Go on. Oh, go, go, go then. Go. Um, so the the second like annoying 
song is All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. So Ugh. not oh. All I Want for Christmas is, is You. That's the All whistle. I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Stupid Teeth. Stupid whistle. And again, everybody that sings it feels like they need to act like they're a you know three to seven-year-old child who uh, is missing their front teeth. And it's <laughs> I do I did forget that you hate that one. I'm curious to know, how do you feel about three to seven-year-old children singing that song? <laughs> I actually would be fine if okay. a child were singing it. But most of the time, it's it a good is quantifier. not that. Yeah, yeah. I, think I was just curious because I was like, you know, eh, maybe if a kid's singing it, that's a little different. But I agree with you. If it's an adult, yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three, which I love the song, but I hate this version. Happy Christmas. The war is over. But it's not the John Lennon version. It is the Maroon 5 version, or which he tries to stick in his typical falsetto, warbly bullshit. It's just like, ugh, come on. Just leave it alone. But I don't care for it. And I have an honorable mention as well, and that's A Wonderful Christmas Time by uh, Paul McCartney, because it's like he just got gifted a Casio and right. wrote that fucking song. <laughs> but it's so bad. <laughs> Look at echoes. I wrote this song in five minutes. You opened the keyboard nine minutes ago. I already wrote it. Sold a million copies. What? You just wrote it. I'm I'm a beetle. Yes, yes, we know. No, but I'm a beetle. Get it. Get it. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, go on. Christmas shoes by new song. God, that song is so depressing. It's see, yeah. I, you, I'm surprised mm, you have not heard this song. Uh, I, I you probably, probably have. It might be. It might be like a. It was very big. Maybe in, just never in knew Utah. it was called Christmas shoes. Yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it was very big in Utah. It was one of those because well, it has a good uh, Christian message uh, uh, about helping mm, people. And yeah, that's why I don't this, know it. It's about this guy. Uh, this guy is waiting in line, and there's a kid in front of him trying to buy shoes. And uh, the kid starts telling this story about how his mom is dying from cancer and he wants to buy her these Christmas shoes so she looks good when she gets in front of Jesus in heaven. I have heard that yeah. song. I it think is, I cry when I hear that song. It is the most depressing song. <laughs> I just cry every time. Uh, every time it comes on the radio, I, I'm always like, what the hell is this? And then she had the shoes and I'm like, no, not the shoes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving along and I'm crying and I'm like, no, I should have changed it. You Damn it. Suck that tear back in. Go back inside. It's like earlier. There's a there's a few things that make me cry sometimes. Apparently, new shoes. New shoes. Christmas shoes. Ugh. What do you got uh, there, uh, uh well, uh war is over. But I actually do not like the John Lennon Yoko Ono it's version. It's okay. And and really, I, I just don't like any version of the song. I get it, and I understand the time, and I understand the intention behind it. It's just the way it's delivered, and it sounds like everybody's whining in it. Oh, he's a pretty good <laughs> and, whiner. And, 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 you know, anything that has Yoko Ono in it is just, like, garbage. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I just, I can't stand that song. She did that one song where she's just screaming Bye. for seven minutes. <laughs> That's it. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a great song. <laughs> Blame it on Yoki. Yeah. Right? Bare naked ladies. Thank you. <laughs> so that's our lists. It's the good list and the uh, naughty the good list. The good list and the naughty list. And thank you, Heather, for participating. Indeed. 
It was fun. Your really fee was well insight. earned. Yes. That you paid yourself technically through <laughs> some kind of banking channels. I'm going to go buy something now. You Sweet. should. And if we have, uh, obviously out there, everybody has favorites and non-favorites. Please share them with us so oh, we can yeah. share them with other people. Uh, you, you, can, uh, you can email us. Right. Info at audiojudo.com. Before we get there. Oh. I may have a soapbox. Oh. Uh-oh. I may have, I may have some wrap-up here time. Here we go. I might have some wrap-up time here. Winter wrap-up, wrap-up, wrap-up. Just, wrap just stay with me. So, so on our show, Audio Judo, that is, uh, we spend a lot of time talking about authenticity, right? We've had a few artists on here with us who we praised, rightfully so, for being authentic. One of uh, the key definitions of that word, uh, the one that I particularly hinge on, is uh, this one. It's authentic means true to one's own personality, spirit, or character. So, you know... These people didn't kowtow to the labels and they did their own thing and we respect that. So now this show, our show, in my opinion, uh, uh, it's, it's my opinion. It's your opinion. It's not wrong. It's not right. It's just my opinion. Take it or leave it. Uh, in the news recently, uh, there's a story about a current recording artist, Billie Eilish. Um, she was on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I know where you're going with this. She was on Jimmy Kimmel. And she's been ridiculed to some degree by not knowing who Van Halen is. Jimmy Kimmel asked her if she listens to Van Halen. She said, who? And there was a big uproar about it. And I'm firmly on the side of who gives a shit where she's at. Right? So I was watching a show, another show called Inked, about a couple uh, of dueling tattoo artists. So the premise is they uh, challenge each other to out-tattoo one another. Um and there was uh, two tattoo artists and one who's really green, but an excellent artist. And another guy uh, challenged him to tattoo and um, in, in a style that the other guy was completely unfamiliar with. And he spent most of his interview time ridiculing this guy, saying he doesn't know anything about American tradition. He doesn't know anything about American tradition tattoo. He's garbage. He doesn't understand it. So he's trash. So I'm going to I'm just going to make him do this to prove that he doesn't know what he's doing. So I started to put this into the context of music, right? Is it necessary to know the history of something to be proficient in an art form? Does the artist need to know American traditional to be a good tattoo artist? Do I need to know every edit technique to be a good editor? Does Billie Eilish need to know Van Halen to be a good artist. I would say it certainly wouldn't hurt to be familiar, but it's completely unnecessary for her to be a good artist, to have that sort of background. So basically what I'm trying to say is listen to what you want to listen to. We're never going to tell you what you shouldn't listen to, but we'll tell you what we think you should be listening to. Be authentic, be true to yourself, and just incorporate a little bit of audio judo into whatever you do. That's all I say. Suck it back in. Don't cry. <laughs> don't do it. Mm, all right. Suck it back in. I'm fine. It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. That's my feeling. And I totally agree with that, too. I was wondering, uh, I figured since this was a Christmas episode, we might not. I figured since this was a Christmas episode, we might, we might not want to bring that up. But I'm glad that you did because I think that that was bullshit how much, uh, how much crap she was getting for that. Me, because too. Because it's, you know, it's completely possible to be a fantastic artist and never have uh, studied anyone 
that's making the same style of art, uh, the same genre of art, the same, even in the same field that you're in. You know what I mean? You can, you can start from scratch and that's, uh, that's good. I felt I needed to cover it just because it's still relevant, right? Yeah. People are still talking about it. So I didn't want to wait until January before we, we got to it. And they're like, Billy who? Yeah. Man who? She's, she's the bad guy. Yeah. Duh. 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 But that's our episode <laughs> for, uh, for now. Uh, we have some exciting interviews coming up. Um, so a New Year's episode Ooh, yeah. that we'll be covering our, uh, our New Year's playlists of 2019. So lots of exciting things from Audio Judo. We hope you listen. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, Kyle knows uh, where yeah. they are. Yeah, uh, you can email us, uh, info at audiojudo.com. If you want to get in touch with us on social media, uh, facebook.com forward slash audiojudo, all one word. Instagram and Twitter at audiojudo. Uh, where else are we? Did you say Twitter? Yeah. Did you say Instagram? Instagram and Twitter Facebook. are both at audiojudo, Facebook. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can, you can, don't call me. No, yeah, don't, you we can, don't have a number. Yeah, don't um, do that. We should send us should uh, set that up, some though. suggestions for, for Please. future episodes. We have plenty of ideas, but we want to hear what you want to, to hear about. We yeah, want, we want to know what you want to hear about so we can talk about that and incorporate it into what we do. Yeah, I'm really hoping, uh, not to, not to date this. The most recent episode that came out before we started recording this episode was the, uh, the day hair metal died mm-hmm. episode, mm-hmm. and uh, the homework for that one was to listen to any hair metal album and then get in touch with us. So I'm hoping a lot of you out there listening did that. So in the next episode, we can uh, we can give you some shout outs. We can talk about uh, what you guys want to hear. So you can tell, yeah, you can tell Kyle and I that warrant rules. Yeah, and uh, I'm Winner wrong for life, right? And Skid Row is awesome. Which they're not bad, but yeah. still. So, everybody, uh, since we will not talk to you um, until after Christmas mm. and or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, please enjoy the holiday season. Uh, be safe. Uh, enjoy your families. And uh, listen to music. Put some uh, carols on. Put some, put some songs on and really, really get festive. Yes. Merry something to all. Oh, that's good. And to all, have a good thing. And we'll talk to you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 